and welcome to the Goal Line Fade. This is a Dallas sports podcast, and this just so happens to be our first podcast as well. Uh, what our focus is, is talking about everything going on in Dallas sports today. It's going to be about the uh, Dallas Cowboys free agency and the NBA trade deadline. I am Zach, your host, with my RB1, Brian Knox. Brian, what's up? Well, hello, Zachary. Uh, yeah, excited to uh, to get our first podcast underway to to get out there and talk to the people and and talk some Dallas sports. Let's heck, do it. Heck yeah! And why are we doing a podcast, by the way? Like what? What? Like I don't know. We're gonna have followers. There's people listening to this the first time. Obviously, the only content we have is this, right? It's sure. this one podcast. So, why are we doing this? How often are we gonna do this? What's What's the point? Why should people listen? Well, uh, they should listen because, A, we're entertaining. <laughs> no, <laughs> All right, uh, I like it. No, uh, because we pay as close attention to Dallas sports as anyone you're going to find. We're going to always be on top of the latest news and have uh, the not hot take, not four-letter network garbagey stuff that you're going to hear all day long you're going to hear real sports takes talking about real stuff that real people in dallas actually care about without any of the nonsense perfect i'm glad you said that because i think that's why you know for 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 me i've done podcasts before uh this is like my third i believe um i had my own podcast for a little bit and uh brian's been trying to get me to get a podcast going for a minute here and then here we are today and I think the reason why I'm so motivated to do this is because I want to give everyone, uh, and just kind of put it out there as well, my thoughts, but the whole sports world is so turned around on narratives that aren't true. Absolutely. It's, it's created it's created things that are not exactly pushing pushing opinions the right way. For instance, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go to Mavs real quick. Sure. Um, all, yesterday, being on Twitter and watching the interactions of people losing their shit over the Mavs not being rumored to be in anything was disgusting. The Mavs have won 14 out of 20 games. Is that right? Or 15 out of 20? I I think it's 14. They're doing well. Absolutely. Would adding any of the names that were traded yesterday make them a championship team? No. And don't don't get me wrong. There were names that got traded yesterday that would have made the Mavs a better team. I would have liked to have seen it happen, but none of them were worth – Trading what the Mavs would have had to trade to get any of those names. Exactly. The assets aren't there and everything else. And a lot of people don't know that. And that's because they listen to radio and yeah. they hear the opinions of those people. And man, they have to talk about these things for eight hours a day they have in con- blocks on repeat. We're looking at an hour uh, a podcast a week, a couple segments a week. So it's not there's a, there's it's not a fluff piece. It's just this is why it should happen. This is what we think. It's we boil it down, right? right? They have they have eight hours or six hours or four hours of radio or some of these. If you're on if you're watching uh, sports news on even online, you know the 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 people the on Twitter, they are always trying to create content and therefore they are always they're having to drum up uh, and turn. Stories that aren't stories into stories. The Skip Bayless, the Ugh. you know ESPN Stephen first A. Smith day. And right, all right. of it. Yeah, and don't get me wrong. Look, they they have made a business out of it, and they're doing very well for themselves. But that's just not what we're here to do. No, not at all. So a little bit about me before we get into the sports. I know that's what you're here to listen to. Uh, 39 years old. Uh, always been about sports. I'm probably the biggest 
sports nerd dork you'd ever run into. If I like comic books, I like sports. I like to talk about it all. Um, I'm kind of a fantasy junkie. I'm in fantasy baseball, yeah. basketball, yeah. football. I, I do it all. So we'll definitely touch on some of those things on our podcast as well in separate episodes. Um, the goal is to kind of break it up, give you the listener content, whether it's uh, a reaction to a Cowboys game, uh, it's a reaction to a, a, the Mavs on a, on a hot streak or a cold streak or whatever may happen. Um, that's just my goal is just to you know get out there and, and, and give good, good opinions that people want to listen to. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and a little about myself. I am, uh, I am, I'm a draft nerd. That's kind of my thing. Um, I'm excited about your draft opinions, by the way. I uh, have recently, within the last two years, even started watching film. I, uh, draft is my thing, uh, especially NFL draft, uh, a little less on the NBA, but I still go nerdy on, on any kind of draft. Um, so yeah. Yeah, that's that's my specialty. Heck yes. So this is the Goal Line Fade. We are a Dallas sports podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at TechMozak, like the video game. Brian, where can they follow you? At Hugh underscore honey. Okay, just like it sounds. Exactly. H-U-G-H underscore honey. And we have created a Twitter uh, for the podcast as well. It is G-L-F-D-F-W. Real basic and simple. We'll be uh, churning out content on that Twitter as well. So let's get into the podcast now, Brian. Are you ready? Yes, let's. Okay, so the first thing I'm going to talk about, let's talk Dallas Cowboys. All right. All right. Uh, It's not as fresh because obviously uh, free agency has been going on since about the 15th. So we're about two and a half weeks into it. So before we talk Dallas Cowboys. Let's set the table. Set the table for not even that. Free agency kind of sucked this year in general. Yeah. Right? There was so much unknown with the salary cap situation. There was a lot of names out there. Right. Right. The quality of players that were available was higher than normal, and it's still going on. There's still going to be cap casualties. Sure. And so there's going to be players that get cut. But from a Cowboys perspective, as per usual, at least for the last three to five, eight years, Free agency is... Since Brandon Carr? Yeah, since Brandon Carr, right. you can pretty much take the month of March off as a Dallas Cowboys fan. Right. Unless you are a hardcore fan the way we are. Uh, but if you're looking for big signings, it's just not going to happen in March. That's not the way they build their team. I actually agree with it, even though it makes it miserable in the springtime sometimes. But I, I do think it's the right way to go. Well, sure. Well, because it, it's real easy to... Once again, we talk about narratives earlier. We talk about, you listen to the radio, and it's like, what are the Cowboys going to do? And, and they're talking about Richard Sherman. Yeah. They're talking about adding X, adding Y, whatever whatever name you want to throw out there. And number one, the money's not really there. No. The, the, the pick in the draft the Cowboys have is 10th. Yep. Which is $5 million of your cap space. Is that correct? That is approximately, yes. And then on, on top of that aspect, you have um, your practice squad, which is around $2 million. So that's bringing the number down where there's only about 11 million available at that point anyway. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean you can you can budget depending on your draft slot for example for the Cowboys this year their draft hall altogether is going to take them about 7 million right. with the the practice squad and the players that they bring in that aren't going to make the team altogether you're looking at somewhere between 10 to 13 million dollars right off the bat which is basically speaking for the vast majority of the cap space they have. And that's then it. you're not you're not, and, and let's say that that didn't exist, and you had just 
ten million dollars for free, and you want to do you're not doing that on one guy. No, that this team that this team needs more than one guy, obviously. Yeah, I mean, look, and and the even if you let's let's go to a hypothetical world where they've got a hundred million dollars, right? Right. Yes, I'm first. There are players out there that can help your team, but show me in the last thirty years the team that spent the most in free agency and actually had a winning team. It doesn't happen. No. There's a reason why you look at the teams like that are consistently in the playoffs, the Packers, the Saints, uh, the Patriots when they still had Brady, uh, whoever, any of the, the teams that are the upper echelon, we all know who they are. Right. Look at they, they don't make huge, splashy free agent signings very often. Maybe one or two every five years, but very rarely does it happen. You win... By building through the draft. And they know who to extend as well. Absolutely. They know who you spend the money on and who you let walk. You extend your own. Yeah, you draft well and you extend your own. And then what the Cowboys do so well, they don't, you know, last year it didn't go as well as normal. But what they do is they plug all the holes in the boat leading up to the draft so that when they get to the draft, they can, they're not, there's no spot on the team where they have to 100% you know fill a need they can draft the best player available sure and speaking of filling holes earlier Tampa Bay I I do believe as of today brought everyone back did you see that I think every single person who because normally championship teams are pulled apart but because of the interesting cap situation this year I think they signed Fournette today they signed Sue yeah they signed Shaq they signed Gronk they franchised uh, Chris Godwin. I don't know if there's one person and, they're not bringing back. Antonio Brown is... Uh, that, I guess that's but, the one, but, right? You know, he's a big name, but the truth is he didn't contribute all no. that much to that team. Um, he created some space on the offensive side, absolutely. for sure. And he's st- look, he's still a player, but... Um, they're not gonna. They're not gonna fall apart without Antonio. Would you Brown. say, like, before we break down what happened with the Cowboys, would you say that not one move, but Tampa Bay is the story of free agency? Like that is. I mean, the fact that happened. <sighs> the fact that I th- I'll say this. I think that's definitely being underreported. It ought to be talked about more because championship teams, ninety nine times out of a hundred, get gutted. Not yeah. just by not just by their players, but also their coaches, sure, their training staff across the board and every sport. The championship team gets gutted, usually. and it's so it's so crazy because it's only because of the COVID situation. Yeah, the salary cap went down. People are having to cut good players they want to keep because they just don't have the money right now, and they were just able to make all of it work. It blows my mind. Yeah, I mean, the only other story in free agency that I think is nearly as interesting is the ridiculous spending spree the Patriots went on. Oh my which gosh! Is right, so uncharacteristic <laughs> for them. Um, they had it. It's, they, it had they had spend, it, man. and they were desperate. You know, sure. Bill Belichick. He let Tom Brady walk. And Brady wins a Super Bowl, and then his team is terrible without Brady. And so I guarantee you, you know, the the people up there in Massachusetts are not used to losing seasons. They haven't had a losing season in 20 years. They're not going to let him. Yeah, at all. The Celtics are good, you know. uh, Not uh, not as good this year. No, but, but, you know, and and you've got the Bruins, you've got the Sox. That whole – New England area of the country is used to winning and they're not gonna they're not gonna settle for another 
losing season. I, I am baffled. They signed the two best tight ends in free agency. Yeah, what are they, I don't. <laughs> I mean, maybe with Cam, you're running two tight ends all the time. I maybe th- that's the the reasoning behind that. I don't know. I think they're gonna try to recreate what they had in 2013, 14, when they had Aaron Hernandez oh. and Gronk. Sure, that's kind of the only thing I could really think of because nobody else runs a ton of of two tight end sets in the NFL. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, not nearly as often to where you would spend that kind of money on two premier tight ends. No, I'm, I'm with you there. I, I think the Eagles would be the only other team that and runs I'm, a lot of that person. The Rams, but the Rams split out split a tight sure. end out wide. They don't run it two traditional in-line tight ends the way that the Eagles, you know. And with Ertz probably getting traded, yeah. uh, the Eagles probably will not be doing too much of that anymore you think or are they still going to use home dude with that well so i mean they're they're gonna they're gonna probably use Goddard the way that they used Ertz, and they might draw all the those tight years end. maybe i mean the only <laughs> you know certainly possible now that they've moved around a little bit in the draft trading picks and all that stuff um you know they're back at 12 the premier tight end in the draft is not more than likely not going to be there at 12 right um. So he's like a top eight pick, right? He's incredible. Yeah, he's he, he really is. He's. Uh, we'll get to it here in a little sure, bit. But sure, sure. He is breathtaking. All right. Speaking of breathtaking, a division rival. Uh, this is probably besides Tampa Bay and New England. This is probably the. There's probably only two other signings that really jumped out at me, and it's Galladay going to the Giants. Galladay's a beast, man. If he's healthy, is I've, this is this dangerous for the Cowboys? You think, or is Danny Dimes? It's it just not good enough. I, here's the thing. Um, he is, unfortunately for the Cowboys, he is the kind of perfect receiver for Daniel Jones because he is a catch point god. He's one of those guys that you don't have to put it squarely on the numbers. He will go get the ball, right? He's a he's a 50-50 jump ball guy. He So you don't have to hit it right. You don't have to nail him right in the chest. He will find a way to, to come down with the ball. And one of Daniel Jones's problems has been accuracy. Right. You know, so unfortunately for the Cowboys, it's not great. I don't think it's anything to hit the panic button about because I still, at the end of the day, number one, I'm not worried about a Jason Garrett offense. I'm, I'm just not. <laughs> no, no, I'm we, we not, know all yeah, too well. We spent but... 10 years watching it. Um, and, and Daniel Jones doesn't scare anybody. Okay. You know, their defense is going to be legitimate. Uh, but they're not the team in the division I'm worried about. And then the Chiefs, everyone was wondering what was happening when they were cutting offensive linemen, and then they ended up signing big money for Joe Thune. And uh, that was a great signing for them. I think maybe we're talking about a different team being champion if they didn't have so many injuries to the O-line. And they're yeah. at the end, right? So, In my opinion, absolutely. I think the the pressure that the Bucks were able to get on on Patty Mahomes completely changed that game. Um, I still, I, I like the, the Thune signing. I don't understand letting your tap, both of your tack, you know, cutting both of your tackles because at the end of the day, they were terrific. Both of them were pretty solid players. Right. Maybe not terrific, but Mitchell Schwartz was terrific, but <laughs> you are going to have to, at some point, the Chiefs are going to have to address their tackles. Thune's a guard. It's great that you're not going to get pressure up the middle, but you're going to have to address the tackles. Maybe they do it in the draft. Maybe they look for somebody else who's coming off the scrap heap, you know, a cap casualty. But as of right now, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do there. Okay. All right, well, let's get to the Cowboys now, shall yes, we? Let's. That was kind of the highlights. Not really too much other exciting stuff happened. So the Cowboys 
started very, very slow. I want to say maybe the first two or three days, but I mean, Dak was the big one. Oh, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, Dak, though, a lot of people blocked that out of being a free agent move because the franchise was lifted slash agreed to slash about three days before. Absolutely. Then he had to sign as a formality, the tag. Then they released it, and then day one signed. So because it kind of happened before the free agent period happened, a lot of people dismissed that this was a free agency deal, and it absolutely was. So Dak uh, is back 100%. Um, Thank God. Yeah. Thank God. Uh, yes, it's a, it's a very cold place when you don't have a quarter. Oh, it's brutal. We, you know, I don't want to deal with any more baseball players that were signing no. to come play quarterback. Or your Twitter is saying that Andy Dalton's QB, QB1, like oh. the Bears. Oh. Oh. <laughs> what I mean, in the world? Don't get me wrong. I love it. I respect Andy Dalton a lot, but, you know, it's it's time. He needs to understand he's a backup. But, you know, whatever. They, they can figure that out. Uh, uh, figure that out up in Chicago. Yeah, absolutely they can. So, so Dak is here. Um, rehab's going well. They fully expect him to be good to go. Yeah. Uh, possibly by, what, next month when everything opens up? Yeah, they they are, the latest reports, everything they're saying is that they expect him to be a full participant in all off-season training. Um, you know, the, he's up there every day at the star, working out, out on the field, uh, going through his rehab and and uh, training with everybody, I I think you know there were some reports a month or two ago that because he had the second surgery that things didn't go all that well. I think it was more what we were talking about earlier, where content creators were just looking for content. Right, right. I think everything, uh, you know, I'm at first. Another thing you guys, the listeners, will learn about me is I am a Dak Homer. I am a Dak apologist. I love Dak. And I think that, I think that everything is absolutely on schedule. Um, from all the reports, everything he it appears that he's going to be fine. What a time to be alive! In that draft, the first and second pick aren't even with their team anymore. I know, I you know. know. Carson, and Carson Wentz, and uh, Golf. He's the only quarterback from that draft still with their team. Not just the first and second pick. The only That's quarterback crazy. from that draft still with their team. Insane, absolutely insane in the membrane, man. All right, so uh, the Dallas Cowboys, one of the big moves we made uh, on the defensive side of the ball was getting Dan Quinn. Yes. Okay. Um, I know you and I talked about names whenever yep. we fired Mike Nolan. We were just texting. This was before the podcast was a thing. And uh, obviously one of the rumored was the name Dan Quinn. Yep. For those of you who don't know, Dan Quinn was the uh, defensive coordinator for Seattle and the Legion of Boom, correct? Yes. Uh, most recently, he was the head coach of Atlanta, uh, fired Uh, After just implode, after implode, after implode, after implode again, after another implode, and oh, let's just add one more implode, right? It they it just kept happening year after year. I think I think when it happened in the Super Bowl, I think it broke them and became part of their DNA. uh, Matt Ryan from Matt Ryan down, all of them, whether coaching decisions, all of it. And and to be fair, I also think once they lost Kyle Shanahan. I think that team was never the oh, same again. He's such a brilliant he's, offensive mind. He's spectacular. Oh. He's the best offensive coach in football in my opinion. So good. So when you have a, a, a lot of times when a defensive coordinator or coach um, switches teams, a lot of times you end up getting, it's the Bill Parcells effect, right? When Bill Parcells would go to teams, you would have the Parcell guys that would His show up. His guys. Right, the Richie yeah. Andersons. Terry the, Glenn. Right, yeah. right. They would, always, they would always follow. So we've had a few Atlanta uh, people come this way. Uh, one of them is Keanu O'Neill. Absolutely. And uh, now, he's a safety, but he plays linebacker as well. Is that right? 
So he played safe coming out of college. Uh, he was a first round draft pick of the Falcons in 2016, and he was a a strong safety, a box safety. He's a run player, right? He's a safety, but he's going to play around the line of scrimmage. He's going to be an enforcer. He's going to affect, you know, his effect on the passing game is really going to be about the short and intermediate throws. The guys that are trying to come over the middle, he'll lay the wood. But his real, where he makes his money is shutting down the run game. And so he's always played basically as a linebacker anyway. And so what they basically have have said they're going to do is move him to weak side linebacker. Okay. That's the linebacker, for those of you who don't know, who's primarily going to be responsible for coverage, for covering tight ends. And again, he's not the greatest coverage safety in the world, but you can be, if you're a bad or average coverage safety, you're a pretty damn good coverage linebacker. That's the mindset that they're going with. So he's going to, he's going to take some snaps at weak side linebacker, um, he's going to take some snaps at safety. You know, they, they play a lot of what so, they call So the, kind of a Swiss Army knife a little bit. Yeah, they play a lot of, at this, you know, nowadays everybody's in base, or uh, nickel defense, basically as their base defense anyway. So right. they're going to play what they call a big nickel. Okay. Which is going to be him as the nickel player and then have two safeties back behind him okay. with additional linebackers. Should Cowboy fans be excited about the signing? Absolutely. Now, Are they better? Is their defense going to be? Their defense was, I don't know, historically bad. Is a, we've seen worse. They were but, terrible. Um, it was bad. It was terrible. I think they're going to be better for a number of reasons. Keanu Neal being one He's of them. one of them. Okay, perfect. Um, but I think also Dan Quinn, uh, I think the change that, I, I think that the staff they brought in last year were just not good teachers. And, and you know what? They're, I think they're good chalkboard and throw guys. That, and you know what? Teaching is one thing. And they didn't have the right offseason to teach either. No. And I'm not giving them a pass because it was bad and the rest of the teams figured it out. But damn it, no one no one talked about the, you know, we were so quick. Like, it was the thing when uh, new head coaches and such were were hired and when COVID was going on the very beginning of the of everything was, what is it going to be like if you're a team with a new head coach Absolutely. or new coordinator? Are you going to struggle out the gate? And then as soon as the season starts, we're so quick to forget. Wait a minute. Like, Mike McCarthy... Did a lot of things well. He didn't do anything great. He did a lot of things bad too. But I try to take all of that into account with the whole situation last year. But you're right. If you're not a good teacher and you have no time to teach, also, and you're not able to get the team to buy in, gosh, it's you know? it's a it's the worst. It's a meeting of two situations that it lined up just perfectly bad for us. Which is that you brought in the absolute worst kind of coach to deal with that situation. It's right. somebody who is. Great at scheming, great at coming up with concepts, not really good at conveying that to his players and getting them to buy in. Not not Mike McCarthy, Mike Nolan. Um, and you had first time secondary coaches. You had you had some inexperience in in the lower coaching ranks as well, which just it it was it, it was a dumpster fire. It, it was. Showed. Um, and and. You know, a lot of people didn't cut the coaching staff any slack because they saw new, you know, first-time coaches in Cleveland and Carolina right. and other places doing well. But they weren't trying the, – the undertaking that Mike Nolan was trying to do, the change from the Chris Nolan, Rod Marinelli defense to what Mike Nolan was trying to do was significant. It right. was you – can't, you can't underestimate how significant it was. And I don't – agree that it was a good time to do it, but I do agree that that change is actually necessary 
And they even talked about it. Mike, uh, Mike McCarthy even talked about it in his press conference yesterday. They regret trying to do too much at that time, but they don't regret trying to do what they tried. Well, to it was do. a boring defense with Marinelli. It was. You know, that we get shredded by the Rams on the run game because they knew exactly the technique, where the gaps were, what to do a couple of years ago. And, you know, Marinelli, for as many good things as he did, and, and he, he was okay, but they really believed in his mind frame so much. A lot of the, a lot of times we didn't go best player available in the draft in that regime. No. Uh, we were going scheme. And what I what excited me last year was I truly felt every time that a pick came, I'm like, they're going with the best person, whether it was CeeDee Lamb, you know, some 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 jack wagon I work with, if he's listening, um, is was talking about how, man, I can't believe the Cowboys took a took a wide receiver. I really could have used somebody on defense. Like, okay, let's say they fucking took somebody on defense. That, that person, day. sorry to cut you off, but by the, that person would have been Caleb on Chase on. It's come out yeah. since then. Their board has leaked. If they went with a defensive player, if C.D. Lamb mm-hmm. was not available, the pick was going to be Caleb on Chase on. Have you looked at what Caleb on Chase on did for the Jaguars? Yeah. He got one sack. Yeah. He was basically non-existent. Now, that doesn't mean that he's not going to be a good player down the line. Sure. But it would have helped exactly none. Right. Actually. They would have been just as bad. Maybe worse. No, they, they because would have Because then they worse. would have had CeeDee Lamb on offense. Exactly. Right? Okay. And, and, God for, and CeeDee Lamb, if he didn't go to Dallas, was probably going to go to the Eagles. And I can tell you right now, I do not want to see C.D. No, Lamb two times a year. I'm ex- really happy that they drafted who they drafted. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I really, really am. So the next signing that the Cowboys did, he was a Jet. Uh, three and a half sacks last year. I don't think he's going to start. Um, no, he won't. Fill-in guy. His name is a Terrell Basham. Is this even worth noting? Is he just he's just a camp body at the moment? No, he's not. It's more than that. It's not. Uh, he's not going to be... You know, it's not going to change our world, but he's a solid, solid signing. What, in my opinion, I truly believe he's been misused basically his whole career. Uh, the Jets ran a 3-4. He was playing in a two-point stance the whole time. They were dropping him in coverage, okay. and that's not what he does. When he came out in, in college, he his playing weight was 265-270. The Jets made him, you know, draw, lose weight and play at 250, 255, and play as an outside linebacker, and that's not what this guy is. They're going to bring him in here. They're going to beef him up a little bit and let him get back to 265, 270, play with his hand in the dirt, and just do nothing but pin his ears back and go after the quarterback. So third downs, we should look out for him? Yeah, absolutely. Second and longs? Dan Quinn is famous for liking to have rotations of guys. He likes to, especially pass rushers, they're going to be swapping out to keep everybody fresh. He's going to be the guy that's backing up. I think he's going to be the second tier behind Randy Gregory. Randy Gregory is going to be our starting right defensive end. I think Terrell Basham is going to be his sub. All right. And I, I could see him getting three to five sacks uh, you know, having a solid year in this defense. All right. Up next, Carlos Watkins, defensive tackle. We got him from the Texans. Remember how you said a camp body? Yes. That's what this guy is. Okay. Don't get me wrong. He's is, you know, we didn't we didn't spin an arm and a leg, but he is a camp body. Okay. All right. And and those guys are needed. Absolutely. God bless. Him. Absolutely. Uh, Jordan Lewis re-signed. Yes. I, I love it. I okay. do. I'm a Lew- I'm a Jordan Lewis guy though. I everybody there was a lot of talk, people asking, should we re-sign Cheeto? Should we re-sign jo- who should we- I'm a Jordan Lewis guy. He he will give up plays. He but he will absolutely get involved in the run game. He will take the ball away. 
He's going to get you one to four interceptions a year. He's going to, he's not afraid to, to get in there and actually make tackles. Um, and, and I, I like it and I'd like to see him get some mix, not just at nickel, but maybe some, some of the, the safety looks as well. They started doing it at the end of the year last year. And I think it could, I think it could be nice for him. All right. CJ Goodwin. Uh, this was a special teams move, right? Yeah. Resigned, resigned. He was with our team last year. And he's great. He's a, he's a locker room guy and he is our best special teams player without question. You're never going to notice him. If he's doing his job right. You're only going to get to say his name once or twice a game at okay. best. But I like the signing. All right. Jake McQuaid? McQuaid? McQuaid. Long snapper. We finally got a new one after like 85 years. Is that right? Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I am lukewarm on this just because I like, I'm a, attached to LP Lattice. He's been here forever. Yeah. Like he was the long snapper in Madden 2005. <laughs> that's, that's absolutely, he, he came in in 05. Um, He's second all time in the mo- uh, for most games started by a cowboy, um, but this new guy has worked with with John Fossil. He's worked with Bones Fossil at in, gotcha. at the Rams, and it's just a comfortability thing. I, it, he's not bad. He's not better or worse. I don't think than Latasur. He's made the Pro Bowl before. He's a little bit younger. You know, no big deal. Okay. Up next, we've got Brent Urban, defensive tackle. This, to me, is the most underrated signing of the year for the Cowboys. Good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. So, this guy, again, it's it's underrated. He's This is going to be our new Tyrone Crawford, right? From when Tyrone Crawford was good. Right. He just retired. Yeah, he did. He just he just hung it up. This is going to be Tyrone Crawford from four or five years ago. He's He spent the majority of his career in a 3-4. Right. Playing with the Bears? With the Bears. He played with the Ravens. Uh, played with the Titans. He's in in those defenses. He was used as a five technique, a defensive end. They're okay. not rushing the passer. They're there to stop the run and take out blocks, which is exactly what this defense has needed for the last four years. Is somebody to sit in the middle of the defense and take up blocks and stop the run. And that's exactly what he's going to do. And he did it. He's doing it on the cheap. And if it doesn't work out, it's a one year deal. Okay. No, I like it. I I saw the name and it I rung a bell from something. I looked up. I'm not see. I'm a. I'll, I'll watch film, sure. But on offense, and it's normally fantasy football related. Sure. Like I'll watch rookies and see how they are and how I think they'll fit schemes. So on the defensive side, I just eyeball test from what I see, and I watch a lot of red zone. So you're not seeing a whole lot of defense unless a guy's getting gassed or sure. getting burnt, right? Yeah, or yeah not, it's the low lights on defense. Right. Right. Um, so good. I, I, I like that. Uh, we got J. Ron Curse, who's a safety. Is that anything? It's going to be he's he's kind of a project player. He's special going to be teamer? he's going to be special teams okay. and he's going to be the backup to Keanu Neal. What he's younger, he's 6 foot 4, 215 and he's really fast. He can he's a hitter, but he's got legal troubles also off the field. So, uh he, you know, got suspended last year. I it wouldn't surprise me if he's not on the roster in week 1. Okay. But who knows. Last night uh, we got the news that the when, after all the NBA news going on yesterday, it wasn't really paid attention to a lot. Kind of like the crazy draft in the NFL that's going on today between or the not draft, excuse me, the draft pick trades going on today. Um, and that's a Demonte Casey. Yes, did I pronounce that right? You did, Demonte Casey. He's a safety. He right? is. He's a converted cornerback. Uh, he was a Dan Quinn draft pick when Dan Quinn was in uh, Atlanta. 
He was a, a fifth round corner, and they converted him to free safety. But and it's, is he's kind of been underrated throughout his whole career, uh, which is why I'm so high on the signing. He's he led the league in interceptions in 2017 through 2019. Uh, you know, his at one year he had seven interceptions. That for the last five years, that's the entire team for the Cowboys. Yeah, you no, know, they, seven interceptions right. in a season would be amazing. Now. The reason we were able to get him so cheap is because he tore his Achilles last year. Okay. He doesn't have a huge injury history, but he's coming back from an Achilles, and that's a tough one for defensive backs. Sure. He's not terribly old. He's 27. He's a little undersized. And Cowboys fans may remember him from week two last year. There was the low light for him where he got trucked by Zeke going into the end zone. <laughs> okay. That's him. But you're not you're not signing this dude to play the run. You're signing him to sit back and, and, and be your deep safety who's going to pick off passes he's gonna grab all the tip balls in the world he's gonna come up with interceptions you're not you're not signing this dude to play the run so So what so this is and then alden smith is apparently not coming back well my mccarthy left the door open yesterday and i still i still think he's gone i think he's i think he was leaving the door open as a consideration for alden i think he likes alden right but i think it's probably done sure and uh, Tyrone Crawford retired, and he's been here forever. Nice guy, by the way. My wife and I hung out with him one time, him and, nice. him and his wife. Um, what do you, like, if you're giving a grade, like, you know, A to F, from this bulk, like, there'll be a couple other signings, obviously, here and there. The draft is a month away, almost exactly. Yeah. Um, what are we, or are we, is this a solid C? Is it a, what are we? I, I think right now, you. I think you would call it a C plus, right? It's lukewarm. You're not, you're not mad. You're not excited. It's not sexy. It's not sexy. Um, the there's two things that I think Cowboys fans need to be excited about, and that's you're seeing them spend money at positions that they haven't spent money at in years, and that's interior defensive line okay. and safety. They never did under Rod Marinelli. He couldn't have cared less about defensive tackle or safety. And no, I've never. It's infuriated me uh, is for as long as I can remember. That's, to me, the most exciting thing about all of this is not even any of the players. It's just that the organization, and apparently mostly because of Dan Quinn, is finally starting to apparently value safety and defensive tackle. Perfect. Other than that, it's very lukewarm. Let's see what they do in the draft. Free agency isn't over yet, but so far, C+. So the draft is about a month away. Yeah. So let's let's talk about the draft real quick before we move to the NBA. Uh, the Cowboys, let's just talk about the first round. Sure. Because that's what the mocks are going to be about, and the tone is kind of getting set right now. Absolutely. Um, the Cowboys, for what we know right now, trades can happen. And I'm not against the Dallas Cowboys trading back if their guy's not there or if a game changer's not there. Because with a team that is in a salary cap situation, moves back in the draft, that just makes your team able to do more moving forward. More, um, more darts to throw at the board. Sure. Uh, look at Seattle. Whenever they ran into the issue where, oh my gosh, all of our money's everywhere. Our quarterback's one of the highest paid. They had to, there was a couple cap casualties, and then in the draft they moved back. Yep. They they ended up having like eleven draft picks one year, and as a team they really haven't skipped a beat. You know, like they they're 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 always in the mix. They're always, and you know we're you know the Cowboys are in a similar situation, different reasons. Um, Number one, there are I wouldn't mind them I wouldn't mind them trading back because we have a lot of needs on defense. Yeah. Look, we brought in players, we but but the truth is we have a lot of holes to fill on defense. And when I say holes, we've got bodies, but we need players. Right. Um and I and this what's great about this draft, 
and what's terrible at this about this draft at the same time. There is no, you know, normally in a in a draft year you'll have one or two stud defensive players that are going to go in the top ten, whether it's Miles Garrett or whether it's Jalen Ramsey or one of the Bosa brothers or right, right. you know one of those kinds of players that does not exist this year. The top ten to thirteen players in this draft are offensive. They are. Uh, but there is a lot of depth at defensive positions. Mm-hmm. So if you move back a handful of spots and you can pick up an extra second or an extra third or both, depending on how far you're willing to go, you can grab yourself a really nice quality defensive player. And I think that is a I think cowboy fans should mentally prepare themselves that we're gonna see four quarterbacks go in the for the first four picks possibly maybe five in the top 10 maybe five in the top 10 there's talk that mac jones could go in the top 10 so if this is the case i think so number one i want the cowboys to be the best team possible like whoever you best player available i think that there's three scenarios that i think i think the cowboys are going to go tight end i think they're going to go offensive lineman or they're going to move back that's what i think is going to happen with 10 I think it's it's offense, offense, or it's move back. I don't think at 10 they're taking a player on defense. Sertan is the one that you hear on the radio uh, who is the cornerback, correct? Corner from Alabama. And is what are your thoughts? Is, is that is that the play if he's there? Okay, so... Do you think he'll be there? I, I for, for the majority of this draft season, the, the conventional wisdom has been that he would be there and maybe not, not be good enough for them to take at 10. And then a couple of things happened. Number one, there was Caleb Farley, who a lot of people had rated above him, but then everybody found out he's got a bad back. He's had back surgeries. And so now he's plummeting down draft boards. And the other thing is Patrick Sertan had his pro day. And the one big knock on him, every his tape is amazing. His dad was an all-pro corner, so sure. he's been playing corner since he could walk. Right. Um, and his tape was terrific, but everybody was concerned that maybe he just wasn't a top-tier athlete. Maybe he didn't have top-end speed or... You know, the twitchiness, the the short area bursts, stuff like that. And then he went and ran uh, something as a pro day, so it's hand-clocked, but it's in the neighborhood of a 4-4-1-40, which is top 85%. I mean, that is a terrific 40 time, and it kind of, he's rocketing up draft boards. A lot of people think he may go to the Broncos, who are one spot ahead of us. So if he's there, I think it's the pick. Okay. I think that's, I think that that's, where they go, that's not what I want. But right. I think that's where they go. Well, that's what the world, uh, the the consensus among Cowboy fans is that secondary and the defense is so bad yeah. that we need secondary. Like it's almost he's not. A, I I think he's a good player. I'm just saying it's like almost if he's gone, we still should go that way anyway. And, like type thing. Yeah, Does that yeah. make sense? Just take well, and a lot of people. Right. Uh, one of the things that drives me nuts is I hear on the radio all the time people talking about the draft and they're saying. I don't want to hear anything about the Cowboys taking an offensive player because this team needs defense, and that's all there is to it. And here's the thing. You don't draft for need. You just don't do it. No, you, you do not do it ever at all, ever. The that's good how you teams, lose. Absolutely. So you're mediocre. You're 8-8. Eight eight. Absolutely. And look, yes, we don't need another offensive player, but draft is not the only way that you fill out your roster. My preference, what I hope they do, I, I hope that this happens, is that Jalen Waddle falls to them? The wide receiver from Alabama falls to them. <laughs> That's crazy. That'd be I know. Not, that's so nuts. But then you turn around and take Michael Gallup, 
who is his contract is up after this year, and they're not going to be able to re-sign him. No, they will not. Trade Michael Gallup, not for draft picks, but trade him for a defensive player who's in a similar situation. Either an older player on an expiring contract, a younger player on an expiring contract who isn't quite as good. Like, there's a lot of talk of maybe trading him to to the Patriots for Stephon Gilmore. I don't think that would that would be a, a good straight-up trade, and it's a lot of money. But there are players out there, especially right now in this cap casualty world, where they would value a solid potential number one receiver like Michael Gallup, and you could get some defensive capital back. And Jalen uh, uh, Waddle, the reason why I'm so high on him is because he has the one single thing that this offense doesn't have, and that is elite game-breaking speed. Wow. You, put, you pair him with Amari Cooper and and CeeDee Lamb, and you have Dak Prescott, and that offense is unstoppable. Yeah, I, I in this in this league, so if you take what this defense did last year, if you can take eight points away, yep. so let's let's say that's a touchdown and an extra point, not even. If you just make where there two field goals, or basically where it's two two red zone conversions and you prevent that, this team has automatically swung two wins, just like that, Easy, right? Easily. So, I man, I. I think that what they're doing in the groundwork and the draft is not just one round. No. And people make the mistake of thinking it's all the first. And don't get me wrong, man, you need to hit. But that's why it's That's why best player available is so important. Best, exactly. Because you have like you can take chances in later rounds, right? Sure. You can go and fill needs and draft for need in rounds two, three, four, five, later in the draft. The first round is too important. You're drafting for five years. You have that player for at least four, probably five years, and you're not paying them small money. You have to nail it. You don't want a taco situation no. because you feel like you have to get a defensive player. Yeah, no, not right? at all. You go back and look at that that 2017 draft when they took taco. There were players still on the board, offensive and defensive. TJ Watt is one. Oh God, right? And that's that's a Marinelli special. And guy. he's a Pro Bowl player. He's he's, he's a borderline defensive player of the he's, year. He's in the NFL top twenty-five, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, he's led the league in sacks the last two years. He's undeniably great. And we passed on him because they thought he couldn't put his hand in the dirt and play defensive end. Right. It's nonsense. It's crazy. And thankfully, that kind of thought has pretty much, for the most part, left the organization. Well, the draft last year made me think that. Yeah. And, I, and I'm not writing off Diggs yet either, by the way. No. He was our pick I, last year. And he's solid. Right when he, that Eagles game, yeah. he started, and, and, and Carson Wentz played like dog shit. So it's not all. No. Not so, right. But he, he started to show a little bit, and then he got injured. Yeah. And no offseason and all that. I, I'm not giving up on that guy. I think he's going to be good. Man. Well, and, and also the system that Mike Nolan was playing last year was not to his to his advantage. Right. He's going to be better this year in the system that Dan Quinn runs because it's what he came up in. It's what Nick Saban runs at Alabama, or very similar anyway, um, at least kind of similar. What Mike Nolan was doing is quarters-based, and it's much more complicated. It's very, very complex. Um, this this defense is going to let let him do what he does best. I think I think he's going to have a breakout year. I really do. I think I, Diggs is going to be. I'm terrific. a fan. I, he's he's aggressive. Mm-hmm. He's exactly what I want. Yeah. I uh, just got to make sure that he just doesn't. He just got to work on just knowing the film better. I think. I, I think it seemed like he 
which was trying, yeah. but he just didn't know. And it he was, was lost, man. man. He was and that's a lot of people on. with secondary. Yeah. It's that's, a lot of secondary. That's a picks, hard man. position to come sure. into. It's probably the hardest position other than quarterback to play in the NFL, especially with what we went through last year. Absolutely, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but damn it, it's not talked about enough. No, it it it. It's he's a bust. He sucks. He can't get the job done. And it's like, how would you like to be graded on your performance from a pandemic year? Like put put yourself like what, look at your job listener yeah and and then what happened with you last year and do you want someone to say you fucking suck you're done because you had to work from home or because you had to miss days because you had your kids there are so many things that were jacked this yeah. last year and it's I think I'm not saying you can't take things into account because you absolutely fucking can but to sit here and just bastardize and say someone is nothing. And not not at least give them the benefit out for that. I think is wrong. Well, and here's the other thing: even if you take the pandemic out of it, we as a football watching fan base overreact on rookies anyway. People, sure. People, not you, just you, the Cowboys. No, no, all, all rookies. Yeah. You watch a, a rookie come in, be it a quarterback, a cornerback, a defensive lineman, and if those if they're not playing at a borderline Pro Bowl level in their first year, people are calling them bust, and it's fucking it's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, the most most rookies, you know, 15, 20, 30 years ago, they didn't even see the field, you know, and, and right. the reason, because they didn't have salary cap and they didn't have free agency, so they had time to the point is I think I think Diggs is gonna break out. I think he's yes, he is absolutely terrific. We're team Diggs, yes. Absolutely, absolutely. But one thing one last thing to remove the NBA. This is uncowboy related. I have a question for you. All right, let's go. So the Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. They signed the Cowboys back up last year, Dalton. Yep. Um, wah, I don't. I'm sure Dalton's a swell fellow, mm-hmm. but man, he just didn't get it done like I thought he might have been able. I thought he was a good signing for if Dak was to miss two or four games. Obviously not. Right the ship. Yep. If you're Chicago, now don't get me wrong. They gave up no draft capital to get Andy Dalton. They signed him as a free agent. Sure. Right. But if you're a team whose best quarterback is Jay Cutler, like in franchise history, yeah. It really is. Yeah, no, it really it's, is. It's Jay ever, Cutler, right? Ever. And that's not saying a lot. No. So, no. would you, and I don't know what the Jets' plans are. I think the Jets' plans are not Sam Darnold. But would you have traded for Sam Darnold? Absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and if it doesn't work, you win two games, and then you're resetting and getting a quarterback anyway, right? Yeah, I'm a Darnold truther. I think first of all, I think I don't. I think Darnold was has never been given a fair shot. He spent his it's he spent worst. his entire career under Adam Gates. It's Gaze. terrible. It's terrible. Yeah, absolutely. Adam Look fucking at Tannehill. Gaze. Look at Tannehill. Exactly. And and you can't say for a second that he's been surrounded by talent either. And for those of you who don't know, Ryan Tannehill was drafted by was Miami. It? Drafted by Miami by Miami. Excuse me. Um, Got benched, didn't work out. He was there under Gase. Up and down years, but and never, down. never lived and up to his potential. Now he's a borderline Pro Bowl player with Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, you know, he was comeback player. I, he's he's a bare minimum, you could say, is he's a very solid quarterback. And if if it's in Darnold's head, yeah. like let's say that this three years ruined Darnold, okay? and, which is possible, and, and he can't I don't think play. he is, but I it's and he possible. can't let's say he, and he can't play. If you trade for the guy, what what's Andy Dalton going to do? When you seven games, six to six to eight games at best. Where are you at in the draft? You're sitting at you're in purgatory at that. Point. So what are you having to do if you need a quarterback? You're trading up. You're trading up. Yep. So what is wrong with giving up a second or third for a Darnold? Yep. And then if it doesn't work, which rumors, by the way, sorry to cut you off again, but the rumors are he can be had for somewhere between a second and a fourth. Boom. Why not? I I absolutely would. Why not? One hundred percent. Yeah. So. 
Bears, man. If you're a Bears fan, you're listening to this. Get get with the front office. Yeah, that, that seriously. Would, that's probably the move. Yeah, I mean, and and especially right now, look, they they took their shot at trying to get Russell Wilson right. before they signed Andy Dalton. But I still think that I think there were better quarterbacks to be had on the market than Andy Dalton. Not even including sure. trading for those people. I don't get what they're doing. I don't think actually. Uh, my wife's family lives in Chicago, and I know that they are burning shit down. They are, <laughs> yeah. they are livid well, about it. Just so. think of it this way, too. Tr- for, from being a Cowboys fan, I know what six to eight wins looks like. Yeah. And in the draft, that doesn't equal changing your, turning your shit around. You got to get lucky. You, you got to get lucky with those picks. And not to say having the first pick or the second pick, but you have a much better chance to find that guy yeah, that can that can kind of reset. So I'm glad you feel the same way because I, I Darnold has a giant head and that just helps him get the progressions down better, right? <laughs> I don't know. He can definitely store the info. I don't know. All right, so on to the NBA. So we're going to we're going to leave the NFL alone. All right. Uh there yesterday, did you see this? Was the most trades in 35 years on trade deadline day. It was crazy. My phone was more players, more teams, more yeah. everything. Insane. Awesome. Uh, feel bad for the players getting moved like that, but a lot of teams were playing for the future and for now. And Absolutely. some people are shredding cap space to make a run and be a better team next year. Some are organically tanking even more by t- trading away everything. Orlando. Um, yeah. Orlando traded away like they're starting five, I think. Except for Markel Fultz. Yeah, and, and he's injured. Yeah, exactly. So And, and Terrence Ross. Terrence he's, Ross. He's yeah. also injured. Yep. Yep. So that was the big one. That was the first one that happened. That was the first domino to fall. Uh, Nikola Vujicic uh, got traded to the Bulls. All right. Um, Chicago, by the way, is having probably their best season in like since like Derrick Rose days. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while since they've been uh, that this competitive. They're in the play-in tournament right now. Yep. So 7-10 to 10 play to see who are the last two teams in the playoffs. Yep. So they're three games. They, they got a chance. They, I think they're still going to be in the play-in tournament. Yeah. But they could have the home court. Absolutely. They could make it to seven. Because they're they okay. This, and and I, I like Vucevic. Or, uh, it, I, I've never been able to pronounce his name. I call him Vuk. Vuk, Vujovic, Vukovic. I think he's terrific. That was the guy that I had my heart set on that if we could Mavs. find a way yeah. to do it. I didn't expect it, but I yeah. hoped. Um, I Yeah, I think they got considerably better. Right. And they got Aminu as well, Absolutely. who was an ex-Dallas Maverick. I've, I've been a fan. He's, he's such a hustler, such so long. He, oh, just, he's, he plays full tilt all the time. Absolutely. Chicago got better, man. Yeah. Chicago got a lot better. No doubt. And, and in an even weaker Eastern Conference than sure. it was at the start of the day yesterday. Yeah. Orlando got back Carter Jr., who has, let's just call it for what it is, he's been a bust. Yeah. He was actually on the Mavs radar the year that we drafted Luka. Yep. And uh, if, Luka would, if, if Luka was the first pick, I think Carter Jr. would be a Mav. And I think. Well, either him or Bamba. Yeah, yeah. And uh, they're both in Orlando now, actually. Yes, yes, they are. So uh, they also got <laughs> they also got Otto Porter, who I'm actually a fan of. I like Otto Porter. And he might be bought out as well. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would be he all about the Mavs. The Mavs. Sure. That, that's a guy that I think is a great wing player, and yeah. that fits the profile of the guys Rick likes uh, with the Mavs, so that would be good. Uh, the Magic also got two first-round picks out of it. Yes. Um, the catch there is going to be where are those draft picks located. You know, I mean, if... if It'll be in the 20s. It, absolutely. And look, the NBA is different nowadays than it used to be. Uh, there's You can still get quality players sure. in the 20s from time to time. 
or packagers and yeah, move up. Absolutely. That's that's what you that's, that's the what secret. It's, yeah, that's, Here's my two first. Let me move up to the top ten. Let me absolutely. get in that lottery. Yeah. And uh and see what it's about. Yeah, so like absolutely. It. That's where the babies are made in the top ten. So and the, the reason why the Mavs could make a move, and we'll get this out of the way right now before because it's there's a couple of targets here that Mavs fans want and that like. So you look at Maxi Kleba, who I think is very underrated. You yep. look at Dorian Finney Smith. Um L- let me say one sure. thing on Maxi. I think Maxi's underrated. I also think that a lot of Maxi Maxi's value comes it, it's team specific. The system. As it's right? the system, it's playing with Luca. It's not that I think he wouldn't be good elsewhere. I just don't think he'd be as valuable oh, sure. or as good. Luca makes Absolutely. everybody so much better. But go ahead. The, the, yeah, no, no. The, the, the whole point that I'm trying to make is that let's say that to match salary, it's uh gosh, Tim Hardaway, it's uh Kleba, and it's Dorian Finney Smith. Okay. And Orlando's in, in a first. Mm-hmm. We don't have very we many have, of those, and, but it's a first like eight years from now, yeah, right? Yeah. And Orlando's like, yes, yeah. here you go. Here's Vujicic. Now our team is KP, Vujicic, uh, uh, and Luka. Luka and a bunch and of guys we go get it. at the Y. Right. Because that's, yeah. Is that team going to win? No. It's no. No, it's not. Okay. And, and that, was, that was my whole yesterday between whether it's Aaron Gordon who we're about to get into, whether it was him. You can't. This team's not built to trade away five players for one right now. We don't have the assets, uh, and it's it's just that's just all there is to it. We it's it's taken too much to get where we are to have any assets to keep going after some of these big fish. What we've got to hope for is free agency. And people which don't get and, too down the and, line. And people don't want to hear it. And I, I it just I think you just have to accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. You put. Just because you can go into a trade finder and say this makes sense, like yesterday, uh, Fournier yep. got traded um, as well. Uh, that's the next one he went to Boston, yep. and Boston just did it for two seconds. So I'm seeing on on Twitter, angry Mavs fans. Huh. Why? Why did we could have done that? We could have offered that. Well, no, we couldn't mm-hmm. because they because of the trade exception. Uh, that was in, by Gordon Hayward leaving the Celtics. The largest trade exception in the history right. of the league. It allowed them to not have to take any salary on. Yep. So that was automatically a better deal than anyone could do. So I get it. And a lot of people don't know these little tangible things. That's what we try to try to help with. But Enlighten. Yes. The, the moves the Mavs ended up making, uh, which we'll get to at the very bottom of the list, I think were good for what they got. And I think they're better today Absolutely. than they were last week. I don't know what that – I don't know what the ceiling is. I don't know – how far they can go, because I do know one thing. I know that I saw them play the Clippers in back-to-back games uh, two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And the first night, I knew we could win, and I was so pissed because the Clippers, just their three-point percentage was like 50%. Yeah. They made everything. I'm like, what? Like, this doesn't happen. Like, yeah, it's just they were draining. One of, those, one of those situations where you're battling uphill the whole time. And then the next game, Rick made a couple adjustments. One was he showed Collie Stein... Whenever Zubak would get under the basket for those easy dunks, yep. he showed him, hey, where to swap the ball from. And it totally shut him down. Yep. And then he made Kleba shadow fucking Kawhi. Yep. And he made Kawhi's night miserable. Kawhi still had a decent night, sure. but he just was a fucking He wore him pest. out, man. He, he was a pest out. on him yeah. all night. Yeah. And he, he let Paul George do his thing. He's like, let Paul George score 30. It's fine. Let him beat us. And he even put Awanda, who is not here anymore, on Paul in the second half to jack with him a little bit. A one dude can't do anything but defend. No, yeah, he, he is a plus defender, but 
They're, yeah. I mean, uh, less than zero on yeah. offense. It's it's terrible. Yeah, you don't even the other teams didn't even have to account for him. So I'm not terribly sad he's gone. But so, so the Mavs, the the thing that I'm going in the day warning is okay. I'm like I don't know what they're gonna do, but if they can find a way to get better at three point percentage and rebounding, hmm. because I saw I saw a man with. The Clippers, I'm like, we could have won both of those games. Absolutely. And Portland, I felt like the split was warranted. Yeah. I didn't feel like we were in the one game. No, not at all. So I'm like, okay, these are the kind of teams we're going to play in. Yep. I don't know if they can win the series, but they can fucking push. And they can make it a seven game, and then it's anybody's game. And you got Rick Carlisle, who I don't care what the I'll hell you want to say. I'll put him up against say, any coach I'll put him against fucking any coach any, any day of the week. Yeah, absolutely. So, Aaron Gordon to the Nuggets. What do we... I... Do we like this? It's a very I, weird deal. He's he's an athletic. How good is he? That is he that good? Everybody I, wants him. Okay, so I I think everybody wants him because they remember how he was when he was coming out, and they also the athleticism is is spectacular. I right. Mean, you know when he uh, not too long ago, excuse me, he was jumping through the gym. Oh sure. But a dunk machine. Yeah. Slam but, dunk champion. But he kind of reminds me a little bit of Blake Griffin in that. Thank way. you. It's and the injuries are starting to pile up absolutely. now. By the way, and and it's I don't know. I'll say this. I, number one, I don't even I don't like the fit all that much either with Denver. Yeah, Michael but, Porter Jr. Yeah, and him and, and it, Barton. It's it's, it's yeah, weird. Right? It's it's a weird okay. weird. Uh, it, I don't know how the rotation is going to work. Um, but I, Aaron Gordon, I heard a lot of Mavs fans talking about wanting Aaron Gordon, and that was a guy I did not want. I no. did, I was not interested, not for what it was going to take to get him. No. You know, I mean, don't get me wrong. That would be a step, that's a step back move. Yeah, absolutely. For this year. Absolutely. Maybe maybe next year you build a thing around him and KP and Luka, and it's better. It could be, exactly. It could be but interesting. For this line, year, for I this think year, the ceiling goes way, would have went way down. I agree. I agree. Be, uh, Unless you traded KP for him. And I'm not doing I don't think you would do that. There are players I would trade KP, KP for. Gordon is not one. Gordon is not one. No, they don't. Have, they don't. That team doesn't have the asset to do so, in my opinion. No, I I agree. I agree. There's just not because I don't want Bamba. No, I don't want uh, Fultz. No, he's injured anyway. You're not getting. You know, we no, already played that game with KP. And and frankly, Fultz doesn't do anything that I really think. He's. I think he's going to be probably a pretty good player. Mm-hmm. He's going to be injury prone, but he doesn't do anything that I think this team needs. No, he's a player I take, but I don't. In he could be terrific, but he's not what we're what we're looking for. And another thing about Gordon is, and man, I'm, I'm not trying to talk shit about the man because he is a hell of an athlete and he is good. And teams wanted him for a reason. Right? Sure, I'm not an NBA GM, but I look at I look at A and I look at B. Let's look at the maps. If you take Luca off the maps the last two years, they are probably one of the three worst teams in the league. Easily, right? Easily. So Gordon's team is already bad. Which, by the way, sorry to interrupt again. I kind of wish Luca would get hurt. Well, he's not playing tonight. I know, but I mean for the year. Anyway, we'll go on. We'll, we'll touch on that another <laughs> oh, yeah, time. That's a weird wish, dude. I know, that's I know. A, we'll touch on it another time. Don't go say ahead. that. I have a fantasy basketball team that's trying to Sorry, win a championship. Brother. Sorry, I know. Luca but, is my but that's my de facto. That's how we get better. <laughs> so Anyway. with um, What Denver sent was always injured. I think he's fallen out of favor with the coaching staff. Gary Harris and R.J. Hampton, who is a rookie, if you're a fantasy basketball player, that dude you should pick up and see what happens this week. Because I think he's going to get a lion's share of minutes. He was a 24th pick this year. Yeah, and I think he's got a little game to him, dude. It's uh, it's interesting. He's gonna. I think he's gonna see quite a bit more time than he was before. Um, it's. I, I don't know a ton about him. I'm just being honest. 
But I, from what I was reading, I, I think it could be interesting. He's going to have so many minutes. Yeah. I mean, because uh, Cole Anthony's not ready yet. Yeah. And uh, obviously, Fultz is not coming back this year. Uh, Michael Carter-Williams is right now their starting point guard, and he is what he is at this point of his career. Sure. So there's not really a reason to see him for 30 minutes of light. So you got a guy, they're going to give him the keys, yeah. and he's going to have every opportunity until Cole comes back. Absolutely. Uh, to kind of see what what's happening there. Uh, George Hill went to the Sixers, which good for them. I'm not a George Hill fan, but nope. he is made. He is a for some reason. If he's in the playoffs, he makes he makes moves. Absolutely. He makes plays. He makes stuff happen. I think when he's with the Cavs, Ugh. so he's been with the he's been with Milwaukee, Milwaukee, Spurs. He's been around. Yeah, yeah uh, I I don't think he moves the needle really, but I it's yeah yeah he's just uh, at this point is just a guy. I think not just a guy, but. You know what I mean. Sure. We've got uh, Norm Powell for Gary Trent, basically, between the Blazers and Toronto. Uh, you and I talked before the podcast that we think this is a very good move for the Blazers because of the space they play with. Yep. Norm Powell was pretty much for the whole year playing behind Obi yep. uh, with, with Toronto uh, until recently when Obi got COVID. And he's really showcased himself, and they moved him for Trent, which I, I think Trent's a good player as well. Absolutely. Um, but I think Powell's special, and I think, I think the Blazers in this – this, this really hurts me because I, I don't know if Denver got better yet. But I think I think Portland I think Portland just took a jump. Portland definitely got better. You could you could argue that Portland did the most to help themselves in the Western Conference of any team out there yeah, okay. at the trade deadline. So far, until Drummond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Until the other At least as fall, far as the right. trade deadline goes. Right, correct Amundo. Yeah. I, I think he's I think he's terrific and that team scares me. Speaking of scares me, I still have Rajon Rondo Ugh. still. You were over at my house that night yes, I was. for the game one versus Houston when we were fucking excited about Chandler Parsons and Rondo. And boy, did a lot of shit go south that one game. That, yeah. Man, um, I don't know what the Clippers were thinking. I, I'm not a big Lou Williams guy, but they traded Lou Williams to Atlanta for Rajon Rondo. This is a, he's like George Hill. Sure. It seems like every team that makes a playoff run, he's on, right? I'm gonna so I'm gonna play devil's advocate real quick. Okay, please I, do. You know, you're well aware. I hate Rajon Rondo. Yeah, because every we, ounce of because you and I three years before he got traded, we're so him. excited about it. <laughs> we talked we were, about it. We were high fiving when it happened. Yeah, because like three years prior, we were talking about yeah. getting him here with Dirk. But um, it, it, here's the deal: we hate. We as Dallas Mavericks fans and and most people who are Dallas Mavericks fans just hate Rajon Rondo. <laughs> yeah. But to be fair, most of not all, because the he left Boston under you know they didn't love him there either. But a lot of the places he's been, it has worked. They do love him. He's supposedly a pretty good teammate most of the time. <laughs> I I I get why they why they're giving it a shot. I don't agree with it. I don't like it. But again, I'm trying to play devil's advocate sure. and see the other side. Well, it's the George Hill. If a team's making a playoff run, he seems to be there. That's the true. Last few years. Yeah. So and and he he has value. He has a, a lot of playoff experience, championship experience that um, he can impart to younger guys who haven't been there. He I mean he just. You know, and he's he can still play defense. He can still move the rock. He sees yeah. the court really well. There's a lot of things he can still do. He can definitely help a team. Miami got better yesterday. Yep. They got Oladipo. Yes. 
And they're probably going to get LaMarcus Aldridge as well, it sounds like, because he got bought out by San Antonio. It looks so. And they gave up nothing. Yeah. I Because Kelly, Kelly Olnick Olenek. is a good player. Yeah. But all day long, you do this move without question. You don't even think about it. And Houston, why didn't they just keep LaVert? What were they doing? I uh... like they, they, they got Houston. I, I, that, that's a different story for a different day, but I cannot believe how badly Houston botched the James Harden. They've 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 shat the bed for this entire season and the entire future of their franchise. It's yeah. it's um, gonna be a rough like three years, which is great. Like you I look at you look at Oklahoma yeah. and they're set up. They've handled it perfectly. Yeah. That's the, the, that, everything that's fallen apart on them. That's how you disassemble a borderline championship. They have team. like that's six, how you do six it. picks a draft for the next seven. like six years. Seven. <laughs> they have seven. Uh, they have seven first round draft picks. And seven second round draft picks over the next three years. That's so insane. It's in. It's nutty, man. It's nutty. So Drummond uh, got bought out yep. as well. Drummond, he was the uh, is a Mavs fan's wet dream. We've always wanted centers here. Sure. For for the longest. Mm-hmm. Um, I hear Lakers. I hear Celtics. I want him to go to the Celtics. Keep that dude out of the fucking West. Please. I think he's going to the Lakers. I hope I he do. goes to the Celtics. Yeah. I know that the Mavs. Uh, are interested. They weren't willing to give up anything to get right. him. They could have gotten him for fairly cheap. Well, we would have taken a step back as ex- well. Exactly. Because we would have to clear space with a third team. Absolutely. Yeah, and and it's it's just not worth it. And I'm with you. I don't want him in the West. I don't want to have to see him. Um, and frankly, I would love to see him go to Boston because I do think he would... I, I don't hate the Celtics, and I think he would add something to that team. Yeah. They need a little grit. And they he definitely has grit. Because Mo Wagner is not the answer at center no, there, and that's no, who they traded not. for yesterday. No, and and look, Andre Drummond is a throwback center. He is not the modern NBA no. center. And Embiid owns his soul. By Absolutely, the way. Which, <laughs> which would be terrific. Which you know, if uh, now nah, I'll keep that one to myself till a later date. But um, I'd like to see him go to Boston. I I think I think it would do a lot for them. They need somebody who can. And it would shift the, the East a little bit. The East got marginal, marginally worse, in my opinion, yeah, yesterday. Absolutely. So I think that, that that would be needed. We'll see. We should know by Monday. Yeah. If not by tomorrow. He officially got bought out this afternoon. Yeah. It, so in, it, it's in like, the next what, 24 hours or yeah. whatever, 48 hours? Yeah. I, I think it'll be probably Saturday or Sunday. And on to the Mavs, the yes. main event. Okay. So the Mavs, at what, two minutes till the deadline? Yeah. Is when the I, news broke? Yeah. Originally broke, broke, it sounded like it was going to be a three-team deal. And then uh, Shams deleted his tweets. Then it was a two-team deal. Uh, it ended up being a Wundu, James Johnson, and a second. Sending it to New Orleans, Pelicans, who would play tomorrow. So hopefully he makes his debut tomorrow. We got J.J. Redick, and we got uh, Melly. So it doesn't look like he's going to make his debut. Is he still injured? He, he's still, well, okay. he, so he had a, a, a minor medical, non-surgical procedure on his heel to relieve some swelling. There, from what I from what I read earlier today, that it's probably going to be sometime early next week when he makes his debut. Okay, so like Monday to Wednesday, somewhere in there. Okay, uh, but yeah, absolutely. And and look, I think this is another one of those. This is one of those trades where the player in and of itself is not anything that is. He, look, he's a thirty-seven-year-old shooting guard who averages ten points a game. Let's let's not pretend like we just got LeBron, but. He does fit this team perfectly. He is sure. exact. He there was two things we needed going into the trading deadline, and that was shooting, and that was a rim protector, defense rebounding. And we did not get guy. the rim protector. We certainly did not. But we got the shooting. And, and you can't that you cannot 
argue with his it, he's had a down year and he's still after having his worst shooting year of his career he's still almost shooting 40% from three right so it's exactly what we needed I and think. i think i told this to you off off uh, off pod air i'm going to say it right here on recording it's him, for me for what i've seen with my eyes and i'm i'm thinking of when he was with the clippers when they were really damn good with chris paul and sure. blake griffin and then obviously that philly team was Boston had their fucking number that yeah. year, yeah. like crazy, because that Philly team, I thought, was, was, was I, thought, I thought they I, were going to do it. I thought they had a chance. Yeah. Or at least get there. I, he, for my eyeballs, I don't know if I, besides Steph, besides Steph Curry, I have not seen a player move better off ball. He, Always nowhere to go. Always moving. His cardio, just where he needs to be, man. Yeah, his his cardio, uh, he's, he's known for it. Other players in the offseason go to him. To work with him on how to move on court without the ball in their hand, how to find open spots, how to, you know, just his entire catch and shoot game. Everything about it is not because, you know, a lot of people who are less educated about sports think that there's, as far as being a shooter, all you have to work on is the shooting part. And there's so much more to it. And he's a picture perfect example of that. How he moves without the basketball. He could literally run clinics on it. He's sure. terrific at it. And and you know what too, like so, a lot of people have been uh, kind of damning the front office this off season, and I'd not given them a pass because man, there's some things they should be able to do that they're not getting done that I, I I feel they should. But I I for one feel that the move to get Josh Richardson was the right call, I and too. I still stand by it. Yeah, I think that in the playoffs after that, that's where he's going to make a big difference. And now. The, the, it's it's one hundred percent evident the first twenty games of the year. Really this last stretch we've made it where it's not been, but that first twenty games we needed a curry. We, we did needed Seth Curry because we, it just wasn't working. We did, but we talked earlier when we were talking Cowboys about giving teams a COVID break. Right. The the Mavericks more than any other team in the NBA got fucked by COVID. Well, they had to play. Yeah, the exactly. Spurs had three no guys else, out. And they we, got five games up. Exactly. We lost six. Yeah. We lost six of our top nine and, and still every game. and played every fucking game. Oh, yeah, it's terrible. Uh, and so, uh, while while I absolutely agree with you that that Curry's absence was definitely felt, um, I think that judging Wes off of off of that first 20, 30, 40 games isn't really fair. Sure, no, it's, we're just now seeing what it should have been like. After about 15 games. And in the playoffs in the first round, when they're playing the Clippers again, yeah, you're not going to see Kawhi Leonard getting every shot in the world that he wants because the rotations made it to where Seth Curry is guarding him. And it's an easy mid-range shot every single time. No question. Right? The, the, that entire move. And again, I hated seeing Curry go. I love yeah, Curry. I thought absolutely. it was terrific. But that enti- the entire move uh, was about was about that Clippers series and watching sure. watching Kawhi get open bucket after well, you can't, open bucket after open bucket. Luke is a better defender this year than yeah. he's ever been. He, he made a concerted effort. He is doing so tell. much better. But you cannot realistically in the playoffs have a backcourt that is Luka and Seth Curry no. and expect to beat anyone. No, no, not not unless you're playing the 2006 Suns. No, Ben Simmons <laughs> is probably going to be Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. You can put Curry next to him. Absolutely. And win. Well, and and uh, look, again, like you said, Luka's made strides as a defender, but we didn't really have anyone on last year's team that could, 
on a regular basis, lock down the 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 really really score at will wings like right. Kawhi, like uh, you know LeBron. LeBron's a little bigger, but still, it, it, any of those. Any of those types of guys, we didn't have anybody who could do that. That's the whole reason we made that trade. Right. And I, I agree with it wholeheartedly because the other thing is this team is better enough defensively. When you get into a playoff series and things slow down, you're playing the same team night in, night out, night, you know, for seven games in a row, hopefully. Defense becomes so much more important than it does. Yeah, the the one thing we don't want, if Andre Drummond goes to the Lakers and AD and LeBron get healthy or ready to go, there's no way the Mavs have not one answer. No, for that. There's nobody that can guard LeBron. There's nobody we get out. I mean, it would be a bloodbath. Yeah, that would be a sweep. I, I unfortunately, yeah, I yeah. believe five That's games the one. at five games at best because Luca is that amazing that I could see him That's the go, one. go absolutely insane for like 45, 13, and nine, yeah. something crazy. But other than that, yeah, it'll it would be it would be. Horrible. And, that keeps is, me up at night. And is <laughs> totally possible, by the way. Oh, I know. I it love, is yeah. likely even. Well, that, LeBron's going to miss the next gonna, five weeks. Yeah, it's going to be. So I don't know where they're going to. They could fall. No, they they could fall quite a bit. It's crazy, but if is if it takes long enough, if there's some kind of setback with his with his injury, which is not uncommon for those for the ankle injuries and the foot injuries and all that stuff. They could legitimately possibly miss the playoffs if a, if a couple of teams get hot that are on the bottom half of the of of the Western Conference right now. If a couple of teams get hot, they legitimately I'm not saying they will, but they could miss the playoffs. Memphis just waited uh waived their center by the way. Oh yeah. Ding that uh Gor- Gorgie Ding. Uh-huh. I would be all about I, that. Yes, I, I would. I would be all about that. Breaking news, everybody. Yes, right on the right on the podcast. So NBA standings right now, the Lakers are at fourth at twenty eight and seventeen. Yeah, that is in eighth place is the Spurs at twenty two and twenty. The playing game is the Warriors at twenty two and twenty three. They're at tenth. The Mavs right now are in seventh, twenty three and nineteen. So the Mavs, as it stands right now, we're about five games out of fourth. The Clippers are in third. That's seven games. That's that's a pretty big gap at yeah. this point. I don't think we get. So, that. we'll see what happens with those Lakers, man. Let me Ooh. ask you this, and it may be a little bit early, and it's our first podcast, but I'm just curious. Okay. Let's let's throw out predictions. Where do you think the Mavs finish? Where do you where what seed do you? Now I'm not asking for your record prediction, but what seed do you think we finish? At? Well, when the season started, I said they were four through six. Okay. And I stand by it. They're they're going to be the fifth seed. Right in the middle of That's, it. That's I. I was gonna say fifth as well. I, I think they. I think they made it to the fifth season. They've played some fucking good basketball. Yep. This last three weeks. They're and, about to play better. And they're gonna play even better. Yeah. And they're tough. I man. It, so a lot of like, and I feel bad too because so many people like, that I'm friends with that like Dallas sports can't even watch the Mavs yeah. because of the Sinclair bullshit. Yeah. Right. Where you can like if you have YouTube TV. I. I have to find creative ways to sure. watch the maps. And most people don't have those means, right? Yeah. So I know people talk like, are the maps worth watching right now? Nobody's heard they lost all these games. People don't know about the COVID. Um, also, man, was it 80% of their games in January were on the road? Uh, something like that. And we that. played more exactly, more yeah. back-to-backs than any team in the NBA. Yeah. And when uh, Pro Basketball Reference tweeted out the schedules, we had the second hardest schedule in the NBA yeah. at that point as well. So once again... 
It's the only thing that matters is what the end result is. Yep. Where, where are you going to be at the end? Who cares if you're in fucking 15th place at one point in the season if you finish wherever? Yep. I, I think it's going to bottom out. The cream is, is rising already. Absolutely. Um, I am a little concerned with the... I don't like resting Luca on back-to-backs. Um, tonight, they're sitting in versus a Indiana. Back-to-backs. And Indiana's fucking good. Yeah, they are. So, they're playing... The, Levert hit the game winner the other night. They're, they're going to lose tonight. More than likely. I think so. And that's it. This is a game we. This is a game is one hundred percent winnable with Luca. It's a challenging game, but that. And then tomorrow's a back to back. We play. Uh, we play the Pelicans, and the Pelicans can bring it. They're they they aren't a playoff team, but they don't suck. They have talent on that roster. You know, you've got you've got Zion. There, there's plenty of talent on that roster, and it's even at full strength Mavs. It's still not a gimme game by any stretch of the imagination. I think the Lakers are going to fall to. And this is because I do think LeBron is going to miss every bit of five weeks because he's old. Yeah. Okay. I think the Nuggets are going to be at fourth. And in fifth, it's either going to be the Mavs or the Trailblazers. And I think that we're going to get to fifth. I do. Six won't, won't be crazy. And I think I think I'm, the Lakers are going to be seventh. I'm telling you, I feel it. They're going to be seventh place. I don't disagree with you on the Lakers at seventh. The only disagreement I really have there is I think the Nuggets are going to fall. I think well, the hopefully, gonna, I think the Nuggets are going to cool off. They're even fifth more. right now. Yep, and I I could see them. I think I and I think the the Trailblazers are going to get hot and go in. I I, I think the wait. I th- I'm sorry. I thought you said the Nuggets were fourth. They're fifth. They're fifth. Okay. The Lakers are fourth. That's right. Okay. Clippers third. Yeah. Yeah. So I think the top three is going to stay pretty much mm-hmm. where it's at. I think I think the Trailblazers are going to be fourth. I think the Mavs are going to be fifth. I think the Nuggets are going to be sixth, and I think the Lakers are going to be seventh. All right, let's that's see what happens. Production. Putting it on, putting it on recording. Yes. So I think that's uh, I think that's an episode. I think so. I think we just talked for well over an hour. Yeah, indeed. On the first, on the first one, let's go. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, every episode won't be quite as large. We had free agency to talk about and a trade deadline, and it's kind of getting our uh, sea legs under us just a tidbit. Uh, we do appreciate all of you guys for listening, and you know it's always weird to ask, but what helps podcasts be found is reviews, um, is likes, is shares, is talking about it. So if you've listened to this podcast and you know us, thank you. Don't feel like you're obliged to continue doing so unless you just like the episode and the knowledge. Hmm. But um, if if you share it, I would appreciate it. Uh, on iTunes, any reviews that are given, that stuff helps. Five star reviews, um, anything. We're recording this podcast on Anchor, by the way. Uh, if you download the Anchor app or you go to the website, you actually can leave questions, comments, or anything else that you want as well. If that's something you're intrigued on doing, uh, we can answer those on pod. Uh, we're going to try to bang out at least one of these a week. We had a lot of draft stuff coming up and NBA news and baseball is right around the corner also. Yes, kicking indeed. off less than a week from now. So the mission is just to kind of keep it flowing with what's happening here in the Metroplex on sports. Uh, Brian, anything you want to add? No, I just want to say thanks to everybody for listening and, uh, you know, tell your friends, tell your family, share it. as Like you said, share it out there because um, we'd like to keep doing this and, uh, the you know, the more people that are listening, the more time we're going to be able to make to create content for you guys and uh, and 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 make this thing a, a more regular occurrence than just once a week even. Heck yes. This so. is the Goal Line Fade, a Dallas sports podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at TechMozak. You can find Brian at Hugh Honey, H-U-G-H underscore Honey. 
H-O-N-E-Y. And our official podcast Twitter is G-L-F-D-F-W. If you want to give us a follow as well, we appreciate the listen, and we will catch you later. Peace. A test, test, test a room.